Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Your Best Self Podcast. I hope you're all well. This is a client Q&A. So these are one's struggles and questions from my six-week group, Project Your Best Self, and we are on week two. So I am absolutely buzzing. We have so many good topics um, and questions that have came out of this week's check-in. So yeah, we have got lots and lots to go through and I just can't wait to answer them all again. Um, so my, I am actually working a 13-hour shift tomorrow. It's my first um, long day and the kids are away. So um, I'm just trying to pack everything in like you do, like within a couple of hours. But if anybody's got kids, like, you know how much you can actually get done when you have a couple of hours of child-free time. Um, but I've just recorded um, one of the workouts. So if you're a client, you'll know that I kind of asked this question in the group about whether um, follow-along workouts would be something that people would be interested in and would they would benefit from. And it was a resounding yes. So what I've did is I've taken the gym workout and I've just altered that slightly um, to do like a home workout version with um, minimum kip so you'll just need a kettlebell or a dumbbell and there are um, workouts now I'm going to film the last one at some point towards the end of the week but there are two follow along at home workouts that are about 45 minutes long so um, they are really easy to do um, to get fit into your day and you can build these up but I am always open to, to suggestions about how I can improve my coaching. So if you have any ideas, um, then please get in touch and I'm more than willing to um, ask them to put out, put them out to everybody um, and to make the adaptions because at the end of the day, like this coaching is built around you and what's going to get you the best results. And I am more than willing to do what I can to help. So yeah, if anyone has any ideas or suggestions, please get in touch. But let's get started. So the wins... Oh my gosh, right. So many wins and again, I, I, I absolutely cannot. I would love to read every single one out, but I can't. So I've just kind of picked some of the wins. But if I don't say yours, doesn't mean to say that it wasn't an amazing win. Um, it just means I don't have time. But first one was um, night shift. Night shift fasted after midnight or fasted on my night shift after midnight with just loads of water and felt fab the next day well less zombie nauseous like um, but sh- I also had protein snacks at hand and slept better too so I guess this goes to show like just making little changes in your um like your routine especially if you do nights and trying different things out like so this person I had, I had advised trying fasted some people just can't do a night shift fasted but she was feeling really nauseous during it and just felt as if she couldn't really have anything to eat um, and it was impacting her the next day under her sleep. So we just tried this and it, she's got some benefit from it. So again, it's like trying different things out. It might work for you, it might not. But yeah, I'm really, really, really pleased that this has worked for you. And also like there's, like I, I commented in this with her feedback, but not every night shift you will be able to do fasted. Like if you're doing a run of night shifts, like maybe your second, third, fourth night, um, you might need to have some snacks but if you've got things handy high in protein um, 
then you've got things that are in line with your goals and they're probably not going to impact your sleep as much as really processed um, foods like chocolate crisps, sweets, typical food you find in the night shift, um, they're not going to impact you as much as these would. So that is great. Um, second one, competed in an in-house competition in our team one. Absolutely amazing. Um, I've had a few nice compliments this week, so if nothing else, I must be giving off good vibes. And I really think that that is um, like so common I think the minute you start you make the investment in yourself you see yourself as a priority you invest in your health your fitness and you get like you join a group full of really supportive people like that group that whatsapp group is just insane how good it is um but I think once you do that like you do like give off these vibes because you see yourself as worthy and you see yourself as an investment so yeah I don't think that's a coincidence at all um, next one, got three workouts in Monday to Wednesday before going on holiday on Thursday. Um, been away, so out for every meal. Um, said yes. Continued, oh, I don't know what this is meant to say. <laughs> Basically, she made wise choices and didn't overeat, which is amazing. So, like, still, like, put on, like, the kind of front end of her week, got her workouts in, hit her non-negotiables, because she knew she was away on Thursday showed up, got those done, went away, enjoyed herself, but made wise choices and didn't overeat. So that's so important. Like so potentially fat loss might not be it might have slowed this week, but that's okay because she still was thinking about her goals, still making wise choices when um, when she could and didn't overeat. So everything there is still all aligned with her goals and still being consistent and showing up, which is awesome. Um, last one, felt bloated and when I weighed myself I had a gain on the scales. Previously I would have said fuck it and went on self-sabotage self-sabotage mode and went on a binge but I didn't. So this is awesome. Um, I'm going to talk about the scales later um, but t- the fact that, that this person had the mindset, like the, the fuck it button mindset and going like self-sabotage mode like and they didn't do that is amazing. And I'm going to share a few tips later about the scales and how to, like, um, how to take these fluctuations, learn about these fluctuations for you, and how to let them not get in your head, um, and kind of saying or making them believe that you're not making progress. But that's a huge, huge, huge win for this client. So well done, well done. Um, so let's go into the struggles. Um, so a couple of people had spoke about tracking meals when they're out for dinner. So I'm going to go into this um, in a little bit of detail. So there was somebody who was away, who was at a friend's house for dinner and there was a few people who were actually out for at restaurants for meals. So here's what I would do. Like I would, I, I would plan in advance, okay? So if you know like today is Monday, if you know you're going out for dinner at the weekend, I would have a look at the menu if it's available online um, and can I pick roughly what you're having? Like if you don't want to pick, to be like, I'm having this, this and this, then that's fine, but I would maybe have a couple of options and know roughly the calories that are going to be in that meal. And then from here, you can work back. So do you need to bank calories throughout the week for that meal out of the weekend? Like on that like that day, do your lunches and breakfasts, or breakfast, like you would have more than one, well, my child has more than one, but anyway, like do, your, do you maybe have to have like 
smaller portions or smaller uh, or fewer calories in this, those meals maybe cutting a snack or can you maybe push breakfast back and have like a bigger brunch like I would plan as much in advance as you possibly can um if you're going to a friend's like if you feel comfortable with that friend could you maybe inquire about what they're planning on making um and then again like having a rough idea of the calories that are in the meal um to try and make a plan it's not the end of the world like if you're going to somebody's house and you don't know what they're cooking i would probably just bank some calories to be on like the kind of safer side um, and it was going to give you a little bit of flexibility and leeway for that meal the other thing you can do as well is you can take um, pictures. So if you are going somewhere where you don't know what you're having um, and you don't want to be spending the night on your phone, like searching what things are, take some pictures of what you're, you're eating and do it later. Okay, so I always advise people to track their meals before, but there is going to be the odd occasion where you might not, you might not be able to. So doing that as well, taking pictures, it also means you're less likely to forget like what you've ate and drank, if there's some snacks in there, like, and you don't have to make it really obvious, it doesn't have to be an Instagrammable picture, just a a little, um, like, screen grab, and then it just means, like, when you, later that night or the following morning, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I had, like, six glasses of Prosecco, like, oops, um, but you can be accountable to it, you can pop it in, and you can kind of just see where you're at calorie-wise for the week, because remember, it's your weekly average, it's going to count towards your results, not that one isolated day, so yeah, take pictures of your food and your drink. The thing about um, about tracking calories is it's never going to be 100% accurate, and that's okay, so you are going to have to guesstimate portions you're going to have to guesstimate like what is in some meals and have a rough idea, and it's going to be a rough idea. Like, but like it's tracking is, it's not the most accurate way. Like, it's about building awareness of habits. About it, it's really good for like creating a pause so you can think about what you're about to eat. Do I really want this? Like, how many calories are going to be in this? Is that going to take me over? Like, is that worth it? Like, it's about building your knowledge on the energy density of food, but it shouldn't be a lifelong tool. And like I say, it's by no means an, uh, the most accurate way. And I don't say this to put you off tracking, but if you're stressing about counting every single calorie, then this is wasting time and energy um, that you could be using to be actually mindful in the moment of the experiences that you're having on these meals away or meals with friends, um, about enjoying the experiences, experiences, making the best choices when you can. Like the person was talking about in their wins, like making the best choices and... Um, not overeating so stopping when you're full and then just thinking about the next day and just getting back to your non-negotiables the next day so it's not about oh I can't track that so fuck it I'm just not going to put anything in I'm going to overeat and I'll just think about it again tomorrow like that's that is a surefire way of not getting a surefire way of not getting results but if you're mindful about things if you're guesstimating as much as you possibly can if you're being accountable to the choices that you've made that's how you're going to get the results okay so it's like tracking is not the be all and end all um but there are lots of different ways that you can do that and um and track meals so hopefully those tips have helped um next struggle i'm also trying to have two rest days a week which is new to me what are your thoughts on this i think i get i think i get obsessed with exercise sometimes 
and can feel guilty if I don't do anything. So I actually think that two rest days is a really good idea and I would recommend that for most people. Like I actually program you guys like three full body workouts and I think this alongside trying to get like your step count is more than enough activity for the majority of people when they have like a health goal or a longevity goal. If you have a slightly different goal, if you maybe have a performance goal, like um, a muscle building goal, a crossfit performance goal, like that might be slightly different for you. But I would still say that two rest days is like more than, is, is enough and it's a, it's a really good idea. And that is because um, rest is actually where we adapt and grow from exercise. So without taking enough rest and rest days, we're not going to make the progress that we want. And also it's going to increase our risk of injury, um, of getting ill, like it might impact our sleep. Um, so that is just something to bear in mind as well. Like if you are feeling like, are feeling guilty about rest, like I sent this client um, lots and lots of like, or some journal prompts as well to work through this. So if you kind of feel yourself like you get a little bit obsessed with exercise and feel guilty about having some rest, there are some questions that you can ask yourself um, and some cues that you can maybe work through that will help. And if you want these, like let me know. Um, Next struggle. Um, So sleep hasn't been great this week, so I'd like to improve on this. So let's, um, let's talk about sleep. Like sleep if you're sleep deprived, everything feels harder, like absolutely everything. And I could not tell you the last time. Uh, uh, we're we're looking at like half four, half five now, like getting up. You, like you know, it's bad. Like I'm actually so excited to do a thirteen hour shift tomorrow because it means I can stay overnight, and I I know I'm getting at least eight hours sleep tonight. Like that's how bad it is, but. When you're sleep deprived, like it is going to make everything feel so much harder. So when you sleep or when you get enough restful sleep, your hunger hormones regulate, hormones regulate. So when you are sleep deprived, hunger increases, like you are less likely to move or work out the following day because you're tired. The actual window of you being like awake and um, like able to eat food I suppose and drink like I know that sounds that probably sounds quite silly but the window of your like eating is longer because you're awake for longer um like your cravings will intensify your mood will also decrease as well and you know what it's like if you're in a bad mood you do not want to do anything if you are also kind of prone to emotional eating if your mood is low then you might be turning to food more than you would if you got a good night's sleep so a lot of people actually don't really consider sleep but it can be one of the biggest benefits or the biggest positive impacts that you can do on your fat loss journey. So especially if you work shifts as well, like if you're tired after like a run of shifts and the way up is getting a workout or getting eight hours, seven, eight hours sleep, pack sleep, like because that is actually going to have a bigger impact on your fat loss um, progress. Um, so... Here are some tips if you are struggling with sleep um, and you want to improve on it. So try to think about a consistent sleep schedule. Now, I know there are some shift workers here, um, but if you can, try to get to bed and wake up at the same time every single day, even on weekends. And that's because our bodies love routine. They love routine and they love structure. So if you can do that, like you will be able to, your body will start to get into like a routine. It will start to like um, 
like the circadian rhythm will, will put in and it just means that falling asleep is going to be quicker and you're going to get into a much more restful sleep um, quicker as well um, and you will feel refreshed when you wake up. Second tip is like try about try to think about your bedtime routine or your wind down routine if you work shifts as well. So this is something I do recommend shift workers do. They have a wind down routine, and that just means that wh- whenever you're going to go to bed, whether that's in the morning after night shift or a back shift, whatever, the wind down routine is the same, and it's going to promote relaxation. So that could be having like a hot shower. It could be skincare routine. Um, it could be reading a couple of pages of your book or listening to like a sleep story. Uh, or some stretching like it doesn't have to be long like so my wind down routine is um skincare book and um a meditation usually sometimes I'll do my meditation um but that's kind of what my skin like my wind down routine is and I kind of know like when I start doing my skincare and stuff like that it's time to relax like my like I start to kind of think about my breathing like taking deeper breaths and things and it's just um, tune into like the parasympathetic nervous system and just letting everything kind of decompress and come down and that's going to help you get into um, a, a better sleep and a, a, more, a more restful sleep. Um, third tip is like avoid screens before bed so TV like if you've got a TV in your bedroom get it out um, screen like phones and stuff like you can use um, like blue light blocking glasses they have been shown to, to work but I would actually just try and avoid um, your phone if you can like um, the other thing as well is about when you exercise so I know a lot of people myself included sometimes can't um, can only exercise at night but that could be having an impact on your sleep as well so this doesn't really impact me but I could work out, I work out at 9 and go to bed at 10 um, but for some people like doing exercise right before bed it kind of because you know what it's like after you did a workout like you're buzzing the endorphins are going you're like yes yes let's do this let's do this let's do this and then that can impact your sleep because you're on a high and you, you're trying to get low, like or you're trying to like bring everything down to go to sleep. So bear that in mind if you can. If you are struggling with sleep and you're working out like later on at night, can you change that about? Um, another thing is to think about your bedroom. Like So think about um, the environment that you're creating in your bedroom. We want it to be cool. We want it to be quiet. We want it to be dark. If you do not have blackout blinds, especially if you're a shift worker, go and get yourself some blackout blinds. Um, thinking about like your mattress, your your pillows, your bedding, like is that an inviting space that you want to go and spend time in? Okay, think about how long you spend in your bed, like make it a nice place to be. Another thing to think about is your caffeine intake and your alcohol intake. Okay, so these are going to interfere with your sleep. So caffeine, like if you're com- if you're quite sensitive to caffeine, like I would say not having any caffeine after like twelve p.m. Um, and that's because like it has a half-life of like six to seven hours so it's going to still be in your system later on when you're trying to go to sleep same with alcohol like even a, a small glass of wine is going to impact is going to negatively impact your sleep so just bearing this in mind like if there's anything here that's jumping at you and like, oh I do that like that's a really easy one to try and um, like change because that is going to have a positive impact and the last thing is about like getting some natural light during the day and again this is just for a circadian rhythm and that can just help regulate your body's internal clock and promote better sleep at night so if you're a shift worker getting out through the day if you can um, in between your shifts when you get up like we're lucky now that it's later it's lighter later um but 
if you like getting a break, like getting a walk in your lunch break, um, trying to get some of that vitamin D, like if, it's, if the sun's about, but just the exposure to natural light is really going to help um, your sleep. So yeah, lots of tips here, and yeah, so hopefully these help. But yeah, like I say, sleep deprivation is going to have a massive impact on like how likely you are to stick to your calorie deficit. So have a have a go with these and see if they help. Um, next little struggle was I don't like feeling hungry. I think this is my downfall when it comes to weight loss. I need to get uncomfortable. Like and uh, like what a amazing self awareness to have this. Like and I actually think this is probably more common than people realise. Like I don't think a lot of people like that hungry feeling, and I completely get it because it can be quite an uncomfortable feeling. But I think you need to lean into this and get used to this feeling because hunger is going to be inevitable when we are dying. We are dieting. We are actively trying to create a calorie deficit. And that is going to mean, like, energy deficits, your body's going to be deficient in energy. So you are going to feel hungry. So it is something that you do have to get used to feeling. There are obviously ways to manage that. We increase our protein, we make sure we're well hydrated, we make sure we're sleeping well, we're managing our stress levels, our fibre intake is up from our fruit and veg. But there are going to be times where you are going to feel comfortable you are going to feel hungry and you need to get uncomfortable with that feeling so I would lean into this again I sent this this, um, client some journal prompts if you want these if you're feeling the same struggle please get in touch and I will send you them but what I've also done as well is I've added a hunger scale um, resource to the vault so challenge yourself look, look into this like lean into this feeling and I think that's the thing like so the hunger scale is basically like it's a scale from one to ten so one is um like you so you rate your sense like sensations of hunger on the scale so there are ten points so one is um very hungry so like you are absolutely um like hangry like you would eat anything you'd have you would eat like cold mushy um courgette if it was in front of you you're starving and 10 is uncomfortably full okay so you can rate your hunger on this scale and we want to try to be somewhere between three and seven throughout the day but when you're dying you might need to push that a little bit you might need to push to get down to you might have to be down at two and you might have to stop before you are like satisfied or fully satisfied so if you always eat till you're uncomfortably full then you're going to have to challenge that and you're going to have to um stop when you're like 80 percent full um and challenge that feeling so that is something to work on with every single meal um, and snack as well just thinking about where I'm on this scale am I hungry can I wait another hour like what is that going to do and get uncut like get curious with and you need to do this in a non-judgmental way it's not like oh my god I'm feeling at this I can't do this you need to be like okay well actually today I went to a two but it meant I overate the next meal so I know that next next meal I need to just I can't push it to the two I just need to maybe sit at the three or just under the three and you can also name these points on the scale yourself um so that they resonate a little bit more with you so I would have a look at that and um yeah work on that because you are going to have to get uncomfortable with that feeling and I think as well look at something that's quite useful to know is like if, if something does feel like does make you feel uncomfortable or uneasy 
lean into that. So if you, if for this client it is hunger, lean into that. Why? Why does make it, why does feeling hungry make you feel uncomfortable? Or why do you not like the feeling of being hungry? Right. Last struggle is going to be the scales. And I said this like last QA, like I'm going to speak about the scales every single week, and that is absolutely fine. Okay. So we had two struggles. Um first one was I put on 0.6 kilograms over overnight after the throwdown. And although there are lots of reasons why, but this caused a meltdown and overeating. Um less overeating than I would usually, but I still but I was just so frustrated. So let's just highlight like the one here. So um there was less overeating than normal, which is amazing. Um the second struggle was I'm a week two and haven't lost a pound. My weight is still the same, um, with the added feeling of bloat. Um, I'm trying to not let it deflate me and know that it's not a quick fix, but two weeks into the six week plan and no change does get to me. Okay, so two like separate struggles but all on the scales. So let's just talk about like the six point six kilograms overnight. So this is not point six kilograms of fat. Because you can't possibly put on 0.6 kilograms of fat overnight. That would mean having to um, eat 4,600 calories over your maintenance calories for that day. So you can rationalise that in your head and be like, that, that is not um, fat. That's probably down to inflammation in the muscles because you were working out. Um, and it's like water retention. So... I think that that's important to to know it like one the fact that if you do put these big fluctuations if these big fluctuations can't possibly be fat gain because you didn't eat all of those all of those calories on top of your maintenance calories and the thing about this is like if you are going to have a meltdown in terms of food with every scale fluctuation you're never going to make progress and I know that sounds like quite harsh but it's because these fluctuations can happen for so many reasons, like working out, like if you're doing like a heavy squat session or if you're having a lot of carbs or a lot of salt, um, your hormone levels, sleep, stress, food in the digestive tract, like these are all going to impact the scales and they are all going to make the scales fluctuate. But none of them mean none of them mean that you're not making progress. None of them mean that you've put on like that amount of fat. But if you are going to like stop what you're doing and melt down and then turn to food and overeat and then get out your calorie deficit, like that cycle over time is probably going to mean you're going to put on body fat. So you need to learn to desensitize yourself to the scales. And a way of doing this is weighing yourself every single day. And I know that that sounds counterproductive because I'm you're like, I want to move away from the scales, but actually if you weigh yourself every single day you can rationalize these fluctuations you can see like oh my gosh I've put on two pounds like how did that even happen and you're like well do you know what there's three and a half thousand calories in a pound of fat like I did not have seven thousand calories yesterday on top of my maintenance it's probably because I did heavy squats or I didn't get a night's sleep or I've not had a jobby or I've had a stressful night at work like I could go on so what to do is take your weight daily, like record it and your daily check-in and you'll start to see these wild fluctuations and you'll start to see trends. You maybe see the week before your period, like your weight maybe goes up, you feel you are feeling a little bit bloated 
and you'll be able to like, right, well, do you know what? I know that's why this is. So I know in a few days' time, that's going to come down. I'm going to be less bloated and it's going to be happy days. Um, but you, what will happen over time is you'll start to desensitise yourself to the scales and these wild, irrational fluctuations, which you have no control over. You're going to see these as data and you're going to be able to be like, oh, fuck, well, look at that. Oh, well, let's just go and do what I need to do today. I'm going to hit my non-negotiables. I'm not going to let this impact me. And I'm just going to go on with my day. And I know that's easier said than done. Like, but I was that person. Like, I was that person who was literally would stand in the scales and be like, no, this isn't happening. Like, I can't believe I'm not making any progress. I would get that in my head. This isn't working. I'm not making progress. I would be really moody. It would impact my food choices. It would impact how I behaved with other people. Um, And yeah, it just, I was just not a nice person to be around. So I get where you're coming from. I get where you're at. Um, but I think that if you can learn to desensitise yourself with the skills or on the skills, um, it will be a much you will get you will start to make a lot more progress than what you're doing right now. If when you are freaking out after um and having meltdowns for every fluctuation, and then with the other one about not um like this person believing or thinking that they hadn't made any progress because of the skills. Like, if you're only using the scales to measure progress, then there are going to be weeks where you're not going to think that you've made progress because, like we've just spoke about, the scales are going to fluctuate. So if that's your only measure of progress, then, you know, there are, you're going to come across these weeks a lot more often than if you used other measurements. And I would, I would, I have not said, like, I would not advise anybody to only use the scales. You have to be using other things, like your measurements, your progress pictures, performance in the gym, um, like your clothes, how they're feeling. Um, and if you're consistent and showing up every single day and putting in the work, there is absolutely no way that you will not be making progress on this plan. Um, and this person, like, I've actually got her to take her measurements Um and we've not did pictures yet but she's going to do pictures and from her measurements she's lost inches so she has lost body fat we can see that her body composition is changing in her measurements and what that means is like when I say body composition that's like your um, proportion of like fat to muscle so for some people who are in a smaller body and don't have a lot of like weight or body fat to lose um, then their weight or your weight might not change all that much, but your body shape will completely change. And if you're wanting to like feel healthier, happier, more confident, you want to tone up, then you need to move away from the scales and that number because that is not going to change all that much. So like like you say in your um, checking that you know that it's not a quick fix, like we need to move away from the scales. And if they have been your only measure of progress for a considerable amount of time, then that will be hard. But you have to look at other things. You have to look at your measurements. You have to look at pictures. You have to look at how you're feeling day to day, how you're showing up, because these are going to be much um, more realistic and relative uh, markers of progress than just that number. And the only way that you're going to fail and the only way that this is not going to work is if you let that number get in your head and you give up. And what I would say as well is like, if you are struggling with this, like pop a wee message on the group or message me if you if you don't feel comfortable doing that. Like I guarantee every single person in there has had a scale wobble and they will help you out. Um 
and like help you kind of rationalise that before you then turn to food or before you don't get your workout and your steps in or before you convince yourself that you're not getting results, pop it in the group or send me a message. That's exactly what I'm here for. I am here to reassure you. So don't wait till your check-in. Like if you if you feel yourself getting that kind of meltdown away, drop a message to me or the group. Um, so I'm going to move on to questions. There was the just the one this week. Um, so how to stay consistent on holiday? I've got a week off soon. Um, I have one big day out, but otherwise would like advice on how to manage the week rather than freaking out. This is maybe a silly topic, and it is absolutely not a silly topic. Um, in the slightest. So, if you've got a week off work and you obviously have like a fat loss goal, fitness goal, um, and you want to um like stay on track with that. This is where the non-negotiables like hold their own and come in because these are habits that I want you to try and incorporate into your day-to-day regardless of whether you're at work, whether you're at home, like regardless of your circumstances. And these can be used to build some structure and routine into your weeks um, that you can like, use. So you have the range, so you'll have the lower target, which is your kind of minimum that I would want you to kind of work towards, but you also have flexibility with it. Um, and like we spoke about before, like the whole point of consistency is like showing up every single day and doing what you can. Some days that'll be more, some days that'll be less. When your routine changes slightly because you're off work, like that might, you might find that your steps go up, but maybe your nutrition isn't as consistent as it has been. But there's going to be some give and take. But the, the point is to try not to let that freak you out. Um and just try to show up every single day and do what you can. So the non-negotiables should be there to kind of build in a little bit of structure and routine into your week. Another thing that I think about as well is just setting yourself realistic expectations. So for that week off, like, I know you say you've only got one big, one big day out, but like maybe you do want to come up to maintenance for that week if you do have like a lot more socialising. And again, it's been realistic that that might mean that there isn't much like fat loss progress for that week, but that's okay if we're thinking long term. This is a long term process, and you want to be able to have like these weeks off. You want to be able to enjoy them, and you'd want to not be at that point where you're freaking out. You're like, well, do you know what? I know that I've got a week out, a week um like off next week. I've got a few things planned. I'm going to bring my calories up to maintenance, and then the week after that, I'm just going to get back into my deficit. Um, and like that's an approach that you can take thinking long term and not just like six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. So maybe you have been that all or nothing mindset in the past and that's maybe why you're starting, you're maybe freaking out a little bit. Um, And again, like I say about every single thing, um, plan, plan, plan. So plan your activities, plan your meals out, plan your indulgences, workouts, etc. Like you are going to have a little bit more flexibility because you are on holiday. But I think that having a plan that's aligned with your goals is going to help keep you focused and it's going to stop you from freaking out and thinking, oh, I'll worry about it next week. Like, have intention with your week off. Um, like, yes, you can be flexible with it. You don't have to be, like, you don't have to be strict with it. But if you've got things that are planned out and you are you have a rough structure of your week, I think that'll make you feel better, make you feel more focused, more in control. Um and you kind of know that you are still, like everything is still aligned with your values and your goals at the minute. Another thing I would say is like, can I maybe just lean into why you're freaking out? Like, is it lack of structure? Do you struggle with that? Is it having more time? So more time to potentially think about food? Is it a change in routine? Like, have you been all or nothing in the past? Like, 
find a reason and explore your thoughts and beliefs around like time off or a shifting routine, whatever it is. Um, Because then once you know why, you can kind of start to challenge yourself, lean into that, make some changes, know that it's a limiting belief or um, it's like a thought thing and like your thoughts are not facts and nothing bad is going to happen when you have a week off. Um, Yeah, so I would lean into that. But that's us for this week, guys. Like, I've managed to keep it a little bit shorter, which I wanted to. I don't, like... Like, I hope, like, everyone got a lot out of the last one, um, but it was about an hour, and I thought, God, that's quite long. Um, so I've tried to keep this short, concise, and to the point. So I hope you've got a lot out of that. Any questions, like, you know where I am, please get in touch. Um, but thank you so much for check-ins and for all the questions. I hope that this has helped. And also, if you think, if you know somebody that you think would benefit from listening to this, like, please pass it on, whether that's in a WhatsApp group, direct on your stories like it all helps but yeah have lovely lovely days and I will speak to you all on the next episode